Amen. This morning we're blessed. We have an amazing team here at Solid Rock, and God put a lot of great leaders and ministers in our church, and we're excited. And this morning, Pastor Tim Austin's coming. We're blessed to have him this morning. Eve's coming up with him. She has something to share. Come on, lovely Eve. And uh, we're blessed having them as uh, on staff with us part-time as our executive administrative pastors helping us to be organized. I need a lot of organizational help. Anybody could use an executive administrator besides me? Kind of help yourself out. Amen. So we're excited about what's happening with that. But not only that, they're, they're with us part-time because they're still full-time missionaries in ministering. And we're so thankful that God's planted them here in our church and for the amazing work that they're doing, but also for their missions work that's going on. So they're going to share about that before he preaches. All right, so just wanted to actually present a prayer opportunity for you this morning, and um, one month from today is when a retreat will begin that uh, Tim and I and our daughter Emma and our son Luke get to help staff. The last two years we've had this opportunity, so this will be our third time to go, and we would love to have your prayer support for our family. I think I forgot to say that last time, but we'll take the prayer as well. But uh, what I have is cards, uh, just a little card that gives you the name the passport country, the work country, age, and the role of one person who's going to attend the retreat. There's 150 total coming, but we would love it if one of you would say, yes, I will pray for that one person on that card for this next month and then during the retreat, for the 10 days of the retreat. I'll also give you a blank note card. So if the Lord puts a scripture on your heart or you want to write down the prayer that he's put on your heart to pray for them or an encouraging word, that would be awesome as well. You can get, um, you can hand those back to Tim on Tuesday, get cards from me today or also next Sunday. But uh, even though it's a month away, we want to start praying now. And then I also know if we wait too long, then you'll forget that I gave you this opportunity and uh, forget to get a card from me. But the, the main thing too, I want you to think about as, um, as you come, you know, as you're coming to get a card or thinking about getting a card is how much prayer missionaries need. And I think this uh, maybe, I don't know, is something that most of you might understand a glimpse of, but if you just think of what's going on in your life right now, whether it's family or finance or work or whatever the stressors are or all of the above, you know, kind of thing, um, you take those kinds of uh, issues and that's exactly what missionaries are dealing with as well. A lot of times the stressors are magnified because they're in places where they don't have the kind of resources we have here. They don't have this kind of community. They don't have worship in English and the word in English every week. They don't have uh, people around them who even believe the way they believe. They might be the only Christians or one of just a few Christians there. And so they're on the front lines. The people coming to this retreat are coming from Middle East, North Africa, former Soviet Union, a lot of really intense places. The place they're coming to for this renewal retreat is Switzerland. So everybody just picture Switzerland right now, um, whether you've been there or not, you can kind of feel yourself relax a little bit, right? This is exactly what we want for the missionaries who come, and they'll have the whole morning for spiritual renewal. So you've got the Alps, okay? You've got the clear lake in the valley below, and then you've got all kinds of opportunity for spiritual renewal. You've got the word and worship and small groups and prayer all through the morning, and then all through the afternoon, you've got 
a life coach to meet with, you've got a counselor to meet with, you've got massage, you've got medical doctors to meet with, you've got people caring for your emotional and physical needs as well. So this is just really 10 days of intensive renewal for people that have given and poured out and a lot of them have honestly run dry because of the situations they're in. So we're gonna go and pour into them. This is a way for you to do exactly that and to stand with us too because the enemy, knowing what's gonna happen in the lives of these amazing people is gonna fight it. And a lot of times we hear stories of people, you know, from tickets getting canceled to kids getting sick to, you know, all kinds of really random things that you just look at and you just say, that was the enemy trying to get in the way and let's stand together and say, he doesn't get to stand in the way. He gets to get out of the way. And these people get exactly what the Lord has purposed for them. So thanks for standing with us. Amen. Yeah. Yes. And we, we've, uh, over our uh, time overseas, when we were living overseas, we had the incredible privilege of being on the recipient end of, of a conference like this, several conferences like this. And we can't tell you uh, enough how how re uh, revitalizing it is to come to a place like this and you some people might say well that's kind of extravagant Switzerland you know can't you but I'll tell you these guys you know as Eve was saying just some of them live in the driest of areas it's like it's like the Sahara both and sometimes spiritually they get this way but just also their surroundings their physical surroundings we've had people come show up at this conference center in Switzerland and just like break down basically you know in tears because they need they need renewal so yeah get a card for me even and and uh, commit to pray for these beautiful wonderful families yeah so um i want to talk about uh, a little bit today about clearing our clutter and um <laughs> you anybody got clutter uh yeah some some of us have more than others and some of us are are challenged in, in figure, trying to figure out what to do with it, uh, where to go with it, where to take it, um, how to wade through it. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about that, um, and not so much in the, in the physical sense, but it is, it is a symptom. Sometimes physical clutter is a symptom of why we're, 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 we're having spiritual problems. So it's good to keep that in mind. Um, March, March 11th, actually, was National Clear Your Clutter Day. Can you met you know if you missed it there's always next year right so uh, yeah it was national can you, it, it always it amazes me all these national day of this and that we have now you know if you go online you look at all the national days every day of the week has several national days but that was national clear your clutter day but the good news is that today is national strawberries and cream day yeah 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 national strawberries and cream day and for those of you who are going out to eat, National Wait Staff Day. So this, this relates to my message, waiters, waitresses, okay, this honors them. So if you're going out to eat, we're going to talk about the Great Commission today. We're talking about sowing into lives, sow into the life of a waiter or waitress today. Give them a bigger tip, give them an encouraging word, sow into their lives. Hey, we can do something on National Day, Wait Staff Day, right? So uh, just, in a, just a reason to, to look for opportunity. But spring is, um, is often a time for decluttering, and uh, anybody do any spring cleaning out there? Yeah, 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 spring cleaning's good. Yeah, I, I think I, got, I was a little late um, on that, but I think we're starting to 
get, get, um, get some stuff cleared away and out in the garden yesterday and my wife was hard at work cleaning the windows, outdoor windows. Just, uh, yeah, so lots of, lots of stuff going on like that at our home. Um, but I'm, always, I'm not always the best at decluttering or staying organized. My, my wife is an amazing organizer and declutterer, but um, on the picture up on the screen is, um, um, might show you if, it's, if we can get it up there. Um, can we get it up there? Maybe? Yeah. Okay, there it is. Yeah, so that's me on the left. That's my wife's on the right, probably. Um, but, but, you know, funny thing is, you know, I'll go, on, I'll go away for a couple days. I'll go on a fishing trip or something, and then I come back, and my, my closet has gone from looking like that to that. And for those, guys, those of you guys out there who thought that it was just the, it was the, um, clutter fairy coming in and, and doing its magic, and then, you know, it, I got news for you. It's probably your wife, okay? But uh, I know it's my wife, and uh, so, so um, yeah, I'm not always so good at organizing and making things a little less cluttery around the house, but, but I, have, I have lots of help with that, so I'm grateful. Um, sometimes she'll just, uh, I'll be sitting there trying to fold something like those, like those sh- fitted sheets, you know? Those are the worst. I'll be trying to help out, and she'll just say, take it from me. Let me, let me help you with that. Let me fold that for you. So I'll gladly uh, let her help with that, those kinds of things. Um, let's just pray together, and then we'll get into the Word. Father, thank you for your Word. It's life-giving. Lord, thank you for the authority that comes, uh, that your Word has been given. Lord, Thank you for the authority your word has in our lives. Help us to submit to it. Help us to have ears to hear and uh, hearts to receive all that you have for us this morning through your living, powerful, authoritative word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, Pastor said something um, recently in one of his messages to us um, that our purpose has to be the Great Commission. Our purpose has to be the Great Commission. I mean, there's, there's, that's our mission. And how we, how we state that, you know, how we, um, you know, we have the, we have the reach, raise, and release um, as part of our mission statement. But that's really the Great Commission. That's really what we're doing. We reach people with the gospel. We raise them up and release them uh, to service. And, and so our mission has to be the Great Commission. And how will we impact our community and the world? We'll do it by fulfilling the Great Commission. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creatures, and discipling them, raising them up. And he said with a promise, surely I am with you to the end of the age. And so that's the promise with comes, which comes through obedience to the Great Commission. So I want to be part of that promise. I want to be part of the fulfillment of that mission of Christ. And I've got, and we're gonna, and we're gonna realize today, be reminded that uh, we have everything we need to see that accomplished, both here at home and all over the world. And um, we've got, we've got an amazing God who has equipped us, who's called us and equipped us. Um, Pastor said another thing uh, recently. He said, "My number one job is to keep myself in the will of God," and that stuck with me. Um, when I'm doing that, when I'm keeping myself in the will of God, I'm staying on mission. And staying on mission will become natural, will become a natural outflow of my intentionality about staying 
on purpose in the will of God, that becomes a natural outflow of that. So we must learn to declutter our lives spiritually. Let's declutter our lives spiritually. We may have physical clutter around us. That may be one of the problems. But ultimately, we need to look at our walk with Christ and how we're, and how we're responding to his call, to his, mission, to his mission to reach this world for Christ. And maybe there's some decluttering that we may need to be doing. Paul said this. Paul said Philippians 3, um, in three, Philippians 3, verse 13. He said, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Paul said, I'm not perfect, but I, one thing I do, one thing I do, and there's that one thing. What is that one thing in your life that gets the primary attention, that gets the focus. I hope and I trust that it will be that our relationship with God, more and more that that will become front and center, that relationship with Him, that one thing we do, keep ourselves in the will of God. God has given us a mission. Corporately, He's given us a mission. And we've talked about that, and we continue to, we'll continue to be talking about that. And and uh, the reach, raise, and release, and, and what we are to do as a body to impact our community and the world. He's also given us a, a, a mission individually. Individually, he's placed each one of us strategically where he wants us. And there will be times and seasons when he'll move us on and, and bring us into new areas of service. But God has called each one of us individually for a specific purpose. So we declutter our lives by focusing and staying on mission. So I want to just look today um, at three areas, three components of mission. If we put these, prioritize these, I believe it can transform our lives and it can also declutter our lives um, because we are focusing, we're, we're putting the main, we're, we're giving the main thing the attention that it needs. So let's look at the first one here. Mission flows from relationship. Mission flows from relationship. We want, you want to feel more purposeful? It's all about relationship with Jesus. Do you want to be more useful? It's all about relationship with Jesus. Jesus, I love the story about um, when after Jesus um, rose, from the, rose from the grave and, and he uh, met with his disciples on the Sea of Galilee and on the shore there. And I love the story about in John chapter 21 how um, Jesus reinstates Peter after his denial of Christ and how um, he, he asks him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And yes, there was an action component to that. He says, do you love me? Then he says, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. There's an action component to that, but Jesus was reminding Peter what comes first. And I believe the Spirit has really impressed upon me what needs to come first. And remind, let, let, let it be a reminder to us today what needs to come first in my life. Not necessarily uh, the doing, although that's important. We need to put Christ first in our relationship with Him. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. Jude 1.21 Keep yourselves in God's love. That's number one. So we have a task. We have 
an amazing task. We have a, um, an impossible task from a human perspective, the Great Commission, going unto all the world, seeing that every creature, every individual, every language, every people group is touched with the gospel, that there's a witness of the gospel to every person. That's a huge task. And Jesus says this, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. It's about relationship. Jesus says, this is from Oswald Chambers, a quote from, I love reading his devotionals, and um, he says this, Jesus says that there is only one way to develop spiritually, and that is by concentration on God. Pay attention to the source, and out of you will flow rivers of living water. If you want to be of use to God, get rightly related to Jesus Christ, and he will make you of use unconsciously, unconsciously every minute you live. I love that. That reminds me that it's, it's less about task and more about letting my purpose and my usefulness being found in relationship with Christ. And then the natural outflow of that is going to be purposeful living. It's going to be uh, accomplishing more than I could ever accomplish without that relationship being uh, front and center. So pay attention to the source. Pay attention to the source. How are you doing that? Um, What are some ways that you can pay attention to the source of the flow of our lives, the one who pours into us so that we can be of use? Get rightly related to Jesus Christ. So how do you stay on mission? Here's, Jesus had some great, some very important practices. I think he modeled for us how to stay on mission. Um, and one was just his constant, constant um, retreats with the Father, going to the Father, going back to his, his time with the Father. Um, Mark 1, verses, starting with verse 32, says, That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. And so he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Now, I think so often we mistake busyness and activity for being on mission. And um, from outward appearance, it looks like, wow, that person is purposeful. That person is on mission. That person is staying focused. And they very well could be. And yet, there's what is the foundational thing? What is the spring that's welling up there? What are the head? What do the headwaters look like? You know, and so so that what's flowing out of it is good stuff. And so Jesus knew that he needed to get with the Father to spend time with him, and and the disciples were uh, were amazed. They were looking for him. He he at the height of popularity, at the height of purposeful activity at the height of results, you know, lots of results, people getting free, getting delivered, getting healed. 
there was, and, and the people were looking for him. They were demanding his attention, clamoring for his attention. At the height of all that, Jesus steps back and withdraws into the presence of his father and spends time with him. He had a practice of doing that, and because of that, everything in his life centered around that relationship, and because of that, it was purposeful. It was purposeful. And so the disciples, it was a lesson to the disciples that um, it wasn't all about activity. It wasn't all about um, promoting um, a ministry that was outward and that was, that was results-oriented. And it was first and foremost relationship. And Jesus, I think it's interesting, on the heels of this retreat with the Father, this little phrase jumped out to me that Jesus said, that is why I have come. It's interesting, you know, he comes back from this time with the Father with crystal clear clarity, clarity, focus, because he had just spent time with the Father. He said, let's step back from here. The fields are widened to harvest. There's, there's incredible opportunity here, but, but because he had spent time with the Father, he had this crystal clear focus and he said, that is why. That is why I've come. And so how, how do you answer the why question? I know for me, I, I have to go back to the why oftentimes. And, and, and most of the time when I do that, it's in a quiet place. It's in a place where I'm spending time with the Father. It's in a time when I'm in his word. It's, it's in a time maybe I'm in a, in a conversation with a, a brother in Christ or my wife where we, where we, where we come to this clarity because there's times taken, stepping, stepping apart, stepping out and, and, uh, from the activity. And so um, let's not mistake busyness and activity for being on mission necessarily. Let's make sure we're doing the real work. Um, the real work for Jesus, it began with solitude, began with time, time with the Father. Um, as Cole reminded us um, last time he, he spoke to us, um, I think it was last week, he said, we must beware the barrenness of a busy life. And that, that, that stayed with me. We need to beware the barrenness of a busy life. And, um, and I think that's a lot of what we deal with when, when, we, when we meet with the missionaries that come to these conferences. They've been so busy. They've been driven by need. And, and they're barren. They're dry. And so they need to step back. And it's, um, it's a practice we all need, wherever we're at, to step back and become, uh, let God fill us, let God restore us, let God renew us. Jesus said, that is why I have come. So where do you go from your, away from your distractions to remember the why, to remember the purpose for which you were sent? And you and I, each one of us, are sent we have a purpose. So that's why I've come, Jesus said. I want to remember the why. Jesus avoided traps of all kinds in order to stay on mission. I, he, there are a lot of temptations he faced. We're told, you know, we don't often think of Jesus being tempted with, with, with the demands of, on his, uh, pop, for popularity, uh, for, um, to kind of be out there in the front, to be... Um, to you know, let the, the people have this. There was a movement to make him king by force. So there, we often don't think of Jesus not you know, being tempted by that. 
But it says, the scripture says, he was tempted in every way, yet without sin. So as a man, a fully man, fully God, but as a man, he was tempted in this area, I'm sure. And that's why he stepped back. And uh, John 6, 14 um, says, yeah, John chapter 6, verse 14. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. And Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. And I can only imagine why he withdrew that mountain. It was to get back with the Father, get back on purpose, back on mission, back on what he was called to do, to be the Redeemer, the Savior, to do his atoning work that only he could do as the perfect Lamb of God and set us up for success and give us an eternal hope and future. Jesus focused himself in that way. And um, it's what our heart's into. What, what are, because what we're, what, what we're giving our heart to is what we become passionate about. And, um, and so when it's divided, when our heart's not in it or it's partially in it, it becomes, uh, so, so much of what we do can become duty rather than delight. And we need to be operating out of a delight in God's presence, out of a delight in, in, in spending time with him, out of delight of the things of God rather than just a sense of duty. So that's a, if my heart's not in it, it's a good sign that I'm not letting God have my heart. At least not enough. And so let's get before God. I'm going to challenge you today to get before God, take some time out, and allow Him to birth a renewed passion in your life for relationship, first for relationship, and then for the loss, for the Great Commission, for staying on mission as a church, as a community we're called to reach our, our community and our, and our world for Him. That's important. And it's also important to take time to let ourselves be charged up, be renewed, to be recharged so let's go before God. What are some ways you can do that? Let's get decluttered through relationship, through relationship with him. So number two, um, mission flows from authority. So when we look at mission, when we look at, at what we're called to do, um, we, have no, we have no foundation for mission unless we're operating from an understanding of authority. And, of course, we know that Jesus Christ has all authority. Jesus Christ, uh, based, uh, because of his uh, redemptive work and his resurrection, he has all authority. And as, as the Great Commission says, Matthew 28, let's read that together. Matthew 28, starting with verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority is in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What a promise that comes at the end of this commission, that he is with us always to the end of the age. But, I, but notice the sequence here. All authority... Therefore, go. We must step into that understanding, that relationship of Christ being the ultimate authority of our lives and the one who is also Lord of all, Lord of the church, Lord of our lives. And that sequence is all authority, therefore, go. Who gave Jesus this authority? And to what extent did he give, did, does he have this authority? 
And, and there's tons of scriptures out there that, that uh, affirm uh, the, the authority of Christ. And, but there's just a couple here I want to I wanna bring out, and I don't think they're on the screen. But John 17, verse 2, Jesus said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all you have given him. That's extensive. That's broad, right? Over all flesh, Jesus Christ has authority. And he has authority to give eternal life to all that the Father has given him. So there's an, an amazing amount of authority there, all authority. If Paul puts it like this in Ephesians 1, verse 20. He says, God raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. All, he's above all rule. He's above all authority. There's no, there is no uh, worldly system, no worldly uh, leader, no worldly form of government, no structure that is over and above Christ. Everything is submitted to Christ and his authority. Though we don't see it uh, in a, its physical manifestation a lot of times now, in reality, that's the truth. Jesus has all authority. Jesus is the one with all authority. The resurrection established his universal authority on a redemptive basis. There's nothing he can do. He delegates authority to us as his representatives. We are his ambassadors. We've had conversations with ambassadors over the years because we are living overseas, living in Tajikistan and in Turkey. Um, we often had to go to the, Ameri the American embassies and, and do paperwork or passports or different things. Or once in a while, the, uh, your, your tax dollars would provide for a, a Fourth of July party that the American embassy would put on in, in, um, in Tajikistan, and we, we, would do, we would go to that. And um, I think that our tax dollars should have given them a little more than hot dogs, though. He should have done tri-tip or something, but <laughs> they, just, they, just gave us, they just gave us hot dogs and hamburgers. So. <laughs> but we've had conversations and encounters with, and it's amazing the amount of delegated authority that, a, that an ambassador has sent. Um, they're sent under the banner, under the name, under the, with the delegated authority of, of the President of the United States and, and to represent. And we, like that, are, are sent as ambassadors with delegated authority. And Jesus said this, and, and what Jesus said is that this authority is, 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 uh, is more than enough to meet every need. Because he said, greater things will you do in my name. He says, in my name you will do all these things. And so uh, 2 Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. God is reconciling the world to himself. It's not, it's not a passive thing. It's not something he, he wants to do. Uh, that, that it's something he's doing. God is reconciling the world to himself. This is something that we get in on. We get in on. We're part of this. We're partners. We're, we're, we, we, um, he's invited us into this journey. He puts his stamp of approval 
on our lives, and he delegates authority to us, and then he sends us out as his ambassadors. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. So living by resurrection, Pastor um, has been speaking about that, living by resurrection, and, and that's, that's really knowing whose authority we are under and, and who we represent. And so because I know whose authority I'm under and who I represent, I can so generously in situations. I can so, uh, even to the point of, of self-sacrifice and, and giving of myself, surrender, um, I can so into th- things that seem dead and he brings them to life because that's the kind of God he is. Uh, I can so generously because I know that that's how, that's how sowing operates. It's like a seed that goes into the ground. The seed has to die before it can produce a harvest. Um, we, have to be, uh, we have to be willing to gum under that process of, of discipline sometimes, of, of pruning sometimes. Henry and I were just talking about pruning, weren't we? Uh, mentioned how, pruning, uh, pruning something in the garden, and, and, and it hurts sometimes to get pruned, right? You got, but that's part of the decluttering process, pruning, right? Making it look good, making it uh, ready for growth, and what happens is amazing uh, in the springtime, we just see this amazing growth if we've pruned well. And so there's this, uh, we, we, are, um, we can sow generously, and we're like those seeds that are planted. And whatever we plant, whatever we sow, God is the one who brings life. God is the one who, who helps us declutter, sow into situations, and he brings life. So we're called out, we're sent. Um, We're backed with the authority of Christ and his word. Mission flows from authority. Jesus said no one can serve two masters. So it became clear to me as I was thinking about that, if I'm serving more than than one master, my life is cluttered. If I'm serving more than one master, my life is cluttered. Where where are you in that? Where are you uh, in in what you're giving time and attention to, loyalty to. Um, let's go back and let Jesus be the one who is the master of our life and let, let his authority direct our purpose. Number three, mission flows out of initi- God's initiative. Mission flows out of God's initiative. God is the one who initiated this incredible salvation plan. And he did it from the beginning. You know, even from the beginning in Genesis, we see that the seed of the woman is going to rise up and crush the serpent's head, a prophetic statement of what Jesus would do to Satan because of his victory over death and the grave and his ability to bring life into any situation to be raised from the dead. And so mission flows out of God's initiative. And as we look at God's initiative, it's an ongoing story. And he invites us into that, his salvation plan, his salvation purposes for the world. God is reconciling the world to himself. It's his initiative. God sets us apart to himself as well. And as I was reading, I started reading the book of Galatians. And I was amazed even in the beginning of this, uh, of chapter 1, uh, verse 15, Paul had this 
Paul had this understanding that he was set apart. And I think we all need to have this understanding that God has set us apart. Listen to what he says, verse 15 of chapter 1. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate immediate response was not to consult any human being. Paul said, uh, when God set me apart from my mother's womb, God has set each one of us apart. And Paul was out there destroying the church. He was, he, was, um, he was persecuting the church, throwing believers in prison. And then he comes to Christ. He's zapped on the Damascus Road. And he comes to Christ. And he says, uh, it's, not, it, it's not from... God, God had a plan all along, didn't he? From beginning. He set me apart in my mother's womb. And God has set each one of us apart, no matter what our history is, no matter when we were called or how we were called, God has set us apart because it flows out of His his initiative. He also sets us apart for seasons of preparation sometimes. You notice that, how sometimes there's these these spells where we go through, these seasons we go through, and it just seems like preparation time. And those are important times as well when God is building into us character and, and doing His work in us and and pouring into us things that we need in order to be prepared to step out and do what he's called us to do. And Paul had three years of that uh, after, he, after he came to Christ, after, he, after his conversion. It says, uh, Galatians, uh, again, chapter 1, verse 17, he says, I did not go to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia Later, I returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him 15 days. I was looking at that, those three years. What could, have those, what could those three years have looked like for Paul? We don't hear anything about those three years or what he did, but he was a fairly new believer and what was going on there, we're really not sure, but it was very likely a place of, of coming, stepping out, and, and letting God form him. Letting God form his vision, his purpose, his mission. Letting God do the work, the deep work in his life so that when he was ready to, to move, God could just comp- propel him forward. So God sets us apart for seasons of preparation. Uh, we recently feel like, I, I think we've been in a season of preparation for the past five years uh, in a lot of ways. It's not like we just didn't. We just sat sat on our hands and did nothing. But we feel like I feel like a lot of what God was doing in my life was internal, was preparation for the next season, and God will set us apart for those times. It's His initiative. We got to let Him take the initiative in our lives to do what He knows, what only He knows that we need and what He wants to do. So you know, when we look at the cross, we see this amazing defeat. Of, of the enemy's purposes. What the enemy intended for, for evil, God turned around. He flipped it totally around and, and accomplished good out of it. He accomplished, uh, uh, he accomplished what no other man could do, and that is the salvation, that is redemption and offering provision for salvation for every single living soul. And so God's initiative sometimes looks in the beginning like, like opposition, like... Um, like the enemy uh, has the upper hand, 
We see that time and time and again. And then God comes through. And even in the early church, in the life of the early church, we see that time and again where there's persecution. The believers are, are being persecuted. They're being attacked. Um, they're having setbacks. Um, and, and we see all, this all the time. But then God uses it to advance his purposes. He uses it to, and I'm wondering, what, does God, what is God using in your life? What type of setbacks might you have? What type of challenges do you have? What seeming attacks um, are going on in your life? That, and, what, and what might God be doing in that? What might God be purposing in all of that? What's going on underneath the surface? What's happening there? I want to, tell, I want to encourage you, there is hope there is hope because God is the God who takes initiative. And sometimes we don't always see his initiative because it's going on underneath, you know. It's, it's like a story that's weaving its way and it's hidden and then it'll, it'll surface. And it surfaces in times we don't even expect it to surface. Um, it says here in verse, uh, Acts chapter 8, Saul approved of their killing him. And this is after the stoning of Stephen. And it says, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. And those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. And Paul went down to a city in Samaria, or Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. And when the crowds heard Philip, and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Believers were scattered, put in prison, but at the end of the, the, end of the story is there was great joy in that city. And uh, whatever, God intend, whatever the enemy intended to, to do to uh, disrupt God's plan, it was all thwarted. Um, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. So the, it's, the gospel cannot be thwarted. God's purposes cannot be thwarted. The, go, the Great Commission is God's initiative. God invites us, you and I, into a life of purpose, into a life that really, really matters. And um, it's, isn't it good to, to have purpose in life? It's, it's, it's good to have purpose. And uh, I've been on the other side of that where I have had no purpose. And, um, and when we come into relationship with God through Christ, everything changes. Take the declutter challenge. I want to encourage you to take the declutter challenge this week. How can you do that? Make relationship the priority. Find some ways to step back. Maybe that's what you need, um, to step back and, and pause. Could be just not rushing out the door, taking a little more time in the morning to to hear from the Father. Maybe it's just pausing throughout your busy day, taking a, taking a few moments to pause and recenter your focus on Him. And God, what are you saying? What are you doing in this situation? Um, how can you use me here? Make relationship the priority. Come under, then secondly, come under and operate in Christ's authority. That's a daily thing for me, um, uh, a moment-by-moment moment thing sometimes for us. We need to just, it's a continual surrender, coming under Christ's authority, not letting the flesh usurp that, coming under his authority. Christ said, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, but we still need to make the choice to come under that, to come, to come into that position of relationship. And then finally, partner with the one who's always at work. 
He's always at work reconciling people to himself. And he's inviting us into that initiative with him. So let's partner with him this week. Find ways to do that. Don't forget, it's Waitstaff Day, National Waitstaff Day. So find someone to love on, some find, find someone to encourage, sow a seed, um, give a bigger tip, whatever, whatever God's calling you to do. But um, I'm glad we have a life of purpose and a life that matters. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your amazing word to us. Lord, thank you that your word is life-giving, it's instructive, it's, it's, it gives hope and encouragement. Lord, let not one in this room feel, Lord, left out of what you have for them. Lord, let everybody come into that place of relationship. Lord, of under your authority, of in a, a life of purpose, because you have ordained it and you have provided for it, and you have called each one of us, Lord. Help us to fulfill the great, great commission, both here in our community and all over the world, as you call us as a community and as an individuals, and where you've placed us, where you've planted us. Lord, the boundary lines have fallen for us in pleasant places. We have a delightful inheritance. And so thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.